really for this morning. Now, I do remember, according to Wednesday night, I'll have you know, I haven't forgot. I went long on Wednesday night. So I'm going to subtract. I did say it. I'm going to subtract my time for today because I went long Wednesday. So I owe that to you guys. I'm going to do everything in my power. Okay. Yes, Lord willing. There you go. To honor that. Okay. So it may not... Hopefully, I don't reduce the content, right, and 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 lose uh, lose the the emphasis on that. So, if you would turn with me to the sixth proverb, and the idea behind this morning's message is is navigating this world, and we we live in it, it is going to be forever changed uh, this current world that we find ourselves in, you know, post COVID and and everything else that goes along. With that, the the you know being in California, although you know you know California gets a bad rap as far as you know our politics and things like that, and you know and, and I mean probably fair enough we probably deserve that right to a large degree, uh, but the other side of it is is that uh, yeah, I still really like this state, <laughs> I, you know so probably not going to go anywhere and so. You got to get settled in uh, to the to the idea and the understanding that complaining about the rottenness of the world is is really it's an old hat. It is what it is. It hasn't changed, and it really doesn't. It really doesn't matter the region that you find yourself in 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 the country. And the, sin is sin. And it's ever present, and it's always it's always going to trip up God's people, and we are designed to be in the midst of a sinful world. It's just the way it is. So complaining about sin and, and being astonished by sin sometimes is is a rather perplexing thing. I do it as much as anybody else, right? You sit back, and I can't believe they're doing some of these things, and but you sit back and you look at it. And you just sit back and you go, it's just evidence of sin. You know, it, it really is. It's, it, it, it is a testimony to the fact that this world needs God and that they need Jesus Christ. And we are in the blessed privilege to share that with folks. And so we have to understand that that's the mission field in which God has called us to. He's called us to the mission field right here in Bakersfield, California to share the gospel. There's plenty of people in this town that need to hear it. There's plenty of people in this town that need to be redeemed, that need to need to be placed in the position where their their faith and their and their position in God in eternity has been secured. And that's our responsibility. We have to understand um, that we need to be protected and that you know I I think about the sixth proverb <clears throat> It says in verse, well, let's start in verse 16 because there's, it's, it's really kind of an interesting comparison that I, that for me anyways, that I find is, you know, as you venture through, obviously the Proverbs is, is the highest concentration. I've shared, shared this with you guys before and I can't hardly read them without reminding you. It's the highest concentration of one-line advice you'll ever encounter. Highest concentration and best advice you'll ever find. 
bar none, second to none. There's no book out there that you're going to read. Matter of fact, there's a lot of writers that have pirated <laughs> and, and shamelessly stolen from Proverbs. A lot of the things that, that, they, that they will tell you that this is, the, this is the leadership principle and these are all these different things you read and you go, man, that sounds eerily familiar to some of the Proverbs that I've read. Well, because that's where they get it from. And, and, and so, you know, a testimony to God's word in verse 16, he says, there are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven which are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who speaks or spreads strife among his brothers. I did that the other night too. And on verse 20, My son, observe the commandment of your father, and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Bind them continually on your heart, Tie them around your neck. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will talk to you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching is light. And reproofs for discipline are the way of life. It says, to keep you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Do not desire her beauty in your heart, nor let her capture you with her eyelids. For on account of a harlot, one is reduced to a loaf of bread, and an adulteress hunts for the precious life. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Or can a man walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is the one who goes into his neighbor's wife, whoever touches her, will not go unpunished. Men do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is hungry. But when he is found out, he must repay sevenfold, and he must give all the substance of his house. The one who commits adultery with a woman is lacking sense. He would destroy. He who would destroy himself does it. Wounds and disgrace he will find, and his reproach will not be blotted out. For jealousy enrages a man, and he will not spare. He will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not accept any ransom. Nor will he be satisfied. Though you give many gifts. Now, the scripture that we're covering in, in the, the proverb from 16 on down, you look at that and you go, obviously, excellent wisdom. And you look at the adulteress and you look at the sin. And, and really, the idea behind this is that it, it, the concept that he's teaching us in the Proverbs is that sin is like that harlot. Sin is like that adulterous woman waiting to trip us up. But yet we bump through life a lot of times and we don't even think about it. Uh, obviously, you know, you've heard me speak and others, you know, we, we need to be battle ready every day. In other words, we put on the full armor of God so that we approach life through prayer, through study and those kind of things. You know, as, as a pastor and as a preacher, it, it's easy for me to say for you guys to read and say you guys should read every day. You should pray every day. It. That's not just a good idea. The reason why we do it as God's people and the reason why we do it as Christians is to prepare us for life. Because we have an enemy and an adversary out there always looking to trip us up. Always. And we have multiple, multiple avenues by which these things are accomplished if you're to go on into chapter 7 of, uh, or the, the seventh proverb, um, it says that 
my son, keep my words and treasure my commandments within you. Keep my commandments and live in my teaching as the apple of your eyes. Telling them, look, keep these things close to you. We read in, in chapter 6 where he's talking about, uh, he says, Observe the commandment of your father. Do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Bind them continually on your heart. That's something that you must do. I can't do it for you. Tie them around your neck. When you walk about, they will guide you. What? You see, this is where you begin to understand. The proverb helps you to understand is that reading the word of God is not just a good idea. It's the most well-written book that you could ever pick up and, and become in love with and read. Absolutely. But contained in the word of God are the words of life. In order for us to bind them around our neck, they must first be in our possession. Binding them around your neck is a metaphor. It's a metaphor to say that, look, I've read the word of God. I'm putting it around me. I'm adorning myself with it, not in self-righteousness, but you're taking the word of God and that you're putting it on. And just because you put the word of God on yesterday doesn't mean it's on today. Now, there's balance in that. You can say, well, hold on a second. Well, okay, there is a little bit of carryover, right? There's carryover when we gather together in services and spend time in fellowship, right? Because even tomorrow we'll feel better because we've gone to church and we've hung out with, with Christians. We've hung out with people that are like-minded, that want to serve God, and that we were uplifted, we were encouraged. All those things, there is carryover. But we also know that it wears off. It does. Study and prayer is the same thing. Because we are human and the, the way that God has designed us, we're dynamic creatures. It's just because you were good at it 10 years ago doesn't mean you're going to be good at it right now. We find ourselves in a, in, a, in a situation here that says, when you walk about, they'll guide you. This is the importance of understanding and reading the word of God for yourself and studying it. You don't need to be a scholar. That's not what I'm saying. And this has a direct reflection on navigating this world because you there's a lot of crafty stuff that's going on out there in this world. A lot of stuff that, that feels good, sounds good, smells good on the surface level. And then you get right below the surface of it and it's, it's rotten. And it comes straight from the pit of hell. We got to see some of those things take place on, on, on the front stage in the world, uh, you know, in, in our country this last year, just a couple months ago. We got to see, well, that's interesting. We got to see firsthand what, how ugliness and sinfulness can take over. It, it was on full display. There are some things that we must remember. There is a degree of separation for everything that we do in this world, from political to affiliation, party affiliation, all those different things. God ain't concerned with all that stuff. He's looking at how his people interact. So when you take the scripture, it says they will guide you. When you sleep, they'll watch over you. When you awake, they will talk to you. Have you ever woke up in the morning at one point and, and God put scripture on your heart? 
he has for me. Or he's put a song on your heart. Right? Like, oh, man. He puts those songs and those lyrics, generally it's the lyrics, obviously, of the song. You'll, you'll remember a section of the lyrics, and it's like, well, God put that there. But understand that you probably put yourself in the position to, for God to lay that on your heart, too. You're probably thinking about godly things and righteous things. See, when, when our heart and our mind is filled with sin and with the indulgences of the flesh, there is no room for the Word of God. We can choose to adorn ourselves with the Word of God, or we can choose to adorn ourselves with the unrighteousness of the world. And this is, I'm not talking to people outside here, you understand? I'm talking to faithful, baptized believers that are walking and serving God. We all have to understand that just because we made profession and because we followed through in scriptural baptism doesn't mean we get a, a, an easy ride. The bar was reset. He's given us the opportunity to navigate this world and, and he's given us the protection of his word if we simply apply it. Can you imagine going into battle without body armor? Right? Oh, wait a minute. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Can we imagine uh, finding ourselves in a position where you know, we're just never prepared and never ready? The adulteress in chapter 7, she says, uh, it says that they make the words of wisdom, right, that he's given them. He says that they may keep you from an adulteress, from the foreigner who flatters her with her words. In other words, sin sounds good, it smells good, and it surely tastes good. And there's all kinds of different ways that it looks at it. Like she even goes on, you read this whole chapter, says, don't worry about it. My husband's not going to come back. In other words, we won't get caught. No one will ever know what we're doing. Don't you worry about it. News flash. You always get caught. It's the way it works. You can try and hide it. We can try and hide those sins. We can try and hide. They manifest themselves because we're not tricky enough. We're not crafty enough. At some point, we stub our toe, don't we? Remember when I was a kid, I was saying words I wasn't supposed to be saying. Although my father did not cuss. My stepmom, on the other hand, that's another story for another day. You know? And so I found myself exploring new vocabulary words. Right? Never did it at the house. Well, I was told to empty the trash, right? This is a simple story, but it's true nonetheless. You know, I gotta empty the trash. Well, I was running around the side of the house and I was gonna go, you know, throw the trash away. Well, I was grumbling to myself, saying several choice words. Well, my dad had doubled back and was coming to the same side of the house that I was because he was throwing something else away. I didn't know, but here I was muttering all these different words 
and I had my head down because I was making a beeline for the trash can, and my dad was standing there just looking at me. <laughs> trash can. <gasps> so I threw it away. Stared at him for a minute. Thought, well, I think I'm too big for him to whoop me, but I know I'm in really deep trouble. He says, you, you use those words all the time, huh? Well, I learned a long time. I don't lie to my dad. I said, probably more than I should. He goes, I think so. He goes, you know, and he told me something I'll never forget. He says, if someone has to use that kind of language to explain whatever it is, he says, that is a lack of intelligence. He says, that kind of language is for stupid people. And you're not stupid. I didn't get whooped, so which was good. But unfortunately, he took the opportunity to 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 educate me in a loving way, but in a very stern way, you know, uh, make it very clear that that was not acceptable. I never forgot it to this day, and so I've always looked at the use of foul language as a lack of vocabulary and you know a lack of intelligence. Now, some of you may want to argue with me and all that kind of great stuff. My point is, is that I got found out pretty quick. Every time I wasn't supposed to be doing stuff, I got found out. And it naturally happens that way. Because that's the way God works it. Especially if he's called you to a greater purpose. Especially if you're his child. You're not supposed to be doing that kind of stuff. You're not supposed to be living that way. You're going to get found out because he loves you. He's not going to let you do that. And then the punishment will come and whatever that looks like. But we have to understand that we live in a world in Matthew chapter 5. You can go back and read uh, Proverb, the seventh proverb. But he looks at it. It looks out the window. He, he, she was looking for the naive, it says in verse, verse 7. Looking for the naive. The ignorant, the unprepared, the unstudied, the uneducated. I'm never unprepared. I'm never unstudied. Listen, I'm standing before you as a pastor of your church. There are some days I don't read the Bible. Now, hopefully the Lord doesn't strike me dead for saying that and admitting that. I'm not saying I agree with that, but there are some days that I don't. Anybody that tells you I love that, I study the Bible all the time. I pray all the time. Okay, let's be a little more honest with ourselves. Now, there are some that really do that. And usually, they're not the ones telling you that they study all the time like that. You understand? It's like the people that say, let me tell you how humble and how, how, how humble I am. Mm, doesn't work that way. Let me tell you how smart I am. Mm, doesn't work that way. You get found out like that. Right now. So you look at that and in he in chapter six, he's he's giving his son, he's he's writing these things and he's telling him, I'm preparing. If you write these things on your heart, you will not be caught by the adulteress. You're not naive. You are prepared. You're not the fool that will get caught in the snare of this harlot. 
He's giving his, his children, he's, God's giving us in his word. He's saying, listen, I, it's out there. I'm not going to swoop you out. And this is the problem with our generation right now is that nobody gets to feel the natural consequences of their actions. The riots and all the stuff that they've been doing in all these dang cities all over the country and plus the Capitol riot. Everything that you see is from a generation that was never allowed to be whooped. They all got put in the corner. I don't believe in spanking. Okay. I don't believe in, in beating kids. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not an advocate for that either, but golly. A little bit of butt whipping goes a long ways. Out of love, care, compassion, all that great stuff, right? That's the world we live in. And in Matthew chapter 5... He tells us, he says, look, prepare yourself in, in, in the 6th and 7th proverb that we're looking at over there. It, you know, he's saying, look, bind these things, around, write them on the tablet of your heart. Be prepared. Don't get caught. Your enemy and your adversary is looking out her window, looking for the opportunity to trip you up. And that adversary is sin. And you could trace that right back to our ultimate adversary, the adversary of God and his people. And that's Satan. He would love nothing more than to break up churches. He would love nothing more than to break up families. You look at some of the things that are going on in the world today, they are, they are, there is an absolute attack that has been going on for the last 30 years on the, what we call the Western understanding of the, of the patriarchal family, the nuclear family. They've been emasculating men for 30 years. Because the reality of it is, folks, is if you can destroy the family structure, you, can, you have an avenue to destroy God's churches. And that's the truth. And that's what's being done to our world in today's day and age. And, it's, and it is an ever increasing thing that you go on the madness that we encounter and the things that we see in in in, in you know you look at i watched senator Rand paul this week and he was talking about he's trying to talk to the assistant director i think and they're they're going to put into legislation folks where kids can go undergo gender reassignment surgery Without parental con consent. You can't give a kid an aspirin at school. I'm not kidding. Am I wrong? You cannot give them aspirin. But we're going to allow a kid who doesn't choose their own bedtime to choose their gender assignment. This is a really bad idea. But that's the world we live in. It's going to happen, folks. I'm not going to like it. You're not going to like it. It's coming. It is going to happen. And in that, you look at that, you go, oh, it's so frustrating. Ah, it's, I can't believe it. You know, look at all this. Yeah, okay, hey, don't forget. Matthew chapter 5 says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. 
Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do not think I came to abolish the law of the prophets, but I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. The attack on marriage and, and the home structure has been there forever. I remember when I first got married, someone told me, he says, oh, don't worry about it. That, your first marriage is your practice marriage. That's what they told me. Yeah, not kidding. Hey, I'm talking about a degreed professional who told me this. Went to four years, six years of school. And you're like, that was the dumbest thing I think I've ever heard from anybody. He goes, oh, don't worry about it. It's a practice marriage. You'll get a chance to do it over. And then you'll get real good at it on your second one. Huh? Now he's talking to a kid that watched his family get ripped apart by, by drugs and alcohol. And, 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 you know, I'm like thinking that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Coming from somebody that you would think would have more sense than that. We live in a culture and a world today where multiple marriages is not, it's not a thing. It's normal. I could go on and on, but, you know, there's lots of things in there. Polygamy. We say, oh, yeah, polygamy is a thing of the past. I don't think it is. All you Christian men that, that serve God and you've been doing stuff with women you ain't supposed to be doing, polygamy ain't dead. You're doing it. You're just not calling it. I venture to guess that God calls it something different than you do. What? Doesn't make it right. Just because you can doesn't make it right. But it gets done. He calls us to be a city set on a hill. It says, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it in her basket. Does that mean that sometimes our lamps don't get dimmed, that we don't have problems? Of course we do. Of course we have challenges. But he's called us to, to be lights in a, in a dark world. In other words, folks, you understand what I'm saying here is that the, 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 the complaint should not be how ungodly this world is. We must understand, fully embrace, and harness that that is the mission field in which God has called us to. We, I'm not saying we agree to it. I'm not saying, you know, you take the scripture, look at what the scripture says and teaches us. But, but we got to understand that, guess what? We live in a world... Think about it this way. You got this Joel Osteen and what's the other one? Uh, Joyce Meyer, right? She's another one. Uh, Kenneth Copeland's been on forever, right? I remember watching Kenneth Copeland before school. He was kind of a little bit on the hokey side back then too, right? Well, they're all divine prosperity preachers. I, I was following a guy on Instagram. I thought, well, this guy's pretty good. His name is John Gray. Next thing I know, I see a picture of him standing in front of some statue wearing Louis Vuitton. I had to look it up. I didn't know what it was, but, you know, point of it was, he's like, oh my gosh, this dude's wearing a Louis Vuitton scarf. Those guys get the headlines, don't they? We live in a world that somebody can say, I'm a Christian, and they teach divine prosperity. They're all feel-good messages. There's no message of repentance there. There's a message of, if you give me money, God gives you money. Our relationship with God is not transactional. That's not how that works. There's no transaction that puts you in the right place with God other than submitting to his son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. 
That's it. God ain't going to fill your pockets just because you give to him. That's not the way this works. We're not allowed to do whatever it is that we want to do. We can do it, but it's not profitable to us. Those are giving in to the wiles of the harlot. You understand? You go back to the seventh problem. You look at all those things. It says, look, I'm looking out of my lattice at the naive ones. I'm looking for people to take advantage of. The ones that have not bound my commandments around their neck. The ones that don't understand that you are a light in this world. You, you, there's just some things you can't do because the word of God teaches you different. Can't behave like the world. We're ambassadors for Jesus Christ in this world. In a, in a dark, dark world. In Acts chapter 2, Understand this, that you all sitting in here today have been called to a greater purpose. But understand the things that trip you up. The things that the sin and the, that, that our adversary is actively plotting against us. You know what happens to me when I've, you know, like I said, you, you, you hear about all these people that uh, the, the progressive movement that's going on in the, in the uh, United States right now with uh, the, all this gender stuff, right, that's going on. My heart breaks because there's a lot of people that need help and they're not getting help. Instead of taking the time to help people through these problems and these challenges, you just let them do whatever it is that they want. And that is never healthy. It's never right. We all have employers. We all go to work. We can't do whatever it is they want. Even, even when you become husband and wife and you have children, you realize, hey, when I get, you know, you think about it when you're, when you're young, you're like, when I grow up, I'm going to do whatever it is that I want. And then you have kids or then you have a spouse. You realize you can't do whatever it is that you want. And then you get a job, and then you get responsibilities, then you get cars, you get all these different things, and you realize, this whole grown-up thing sucks. <laughs> I don't like it very much. Because that, that idea that we all had, I'm going to do whatever it is that I want. Wrong. You're going to fill your life with a bunch of responsibilities that will lock you down. They're fun. It can be a lot of fun. Get a lot of enjoyment out of it. However, you don't get to do whatever it is that you want. It's just not how it works. In Acts chapter 2, He tells them in verse 37, he says, Now when he heard this, they were pierced to the heart and, Peter, and, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as our Lord God will call to himself. 
And with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. That perverse generation has not changed. It has not. And that same saving grace that saved us out of that per this perverse world is the same saving grace that compels us to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Remember not to sit back and understand. See, you, you, I had to, I shared this with you guys. I think I've shared it before. You know, God rest his soul, but uh, Rush Limbaugh is one of those guys that is a, a pillar in the conservative world, right? And so I used to listen to him. I used to do a lot of driving to the west side and stuff like that. I used to listen to him, and um, there was a couple others that, that I used to listen to. Now, mind you, this is not a pro-Rush statement. Actually, it's, I guess, middle of the road, I guess you could say, right? And so what I found was I was listening to these conservative talk radio stations, and you know what was, was happening to me? I started to hate my country. I started to hate my state. And I started to hate people that I viewed differently than myself. In other words, if you were a Democrat or a liberal and things like that. And I, I literally, in, this is 15, 20 years ago, I had to take a break from all that stuff because I was, I was instead of having love, compassion, and mercy and, and feeling the need to share the gospel with people, I began to draw distinctions because I was listening to all the rhetoric that was going on, you know, and it was it was shaping my viewpoint of my own state. It was shaping my viewpoint of my own country that to the point where because it's incessant, you know, they just keep going and keep going, and keep going, keep going. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Too much. I had to take a break. You see, it doesn't matter. God doesn't care what your party affiliation is. Doesn't care what side of town you live in, live on, what kind of car you drove here. Doesn't care about any of that stuff. None of that stuff is immaterial. See, we're given the opportunity to share the gospel message. We look at this and, and this this perverse generation, this world, they need Jesus. And we collectively as a church are that beacon and that light. And you are individually at your places of employment, the places of when you, you go to your grocery store, to the gym, to the auto parts store, wherever it is that you find yourself, you are a part of that light. Be the light. Understand the mission field. Be prepared. Clothe yourself. But understand you are being sent out into a dark world and a perverse generation. But you have God Almighty on your side. The power of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you and keep you guys.